welcome to the FPC Blanchard Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in today. We also thank you for any comments, likes, suggestions that you may leave on this site. Also, feel free to share this with any of your friends or church members so that they can keep up with our events too. Here we go. All right, welcome back. This is Joe Prater. I'm here with Brother Clay. We were just in some conversation prior to this starting. We'll try to kind of recreate it for you, but uh, as we move forward, we were talking about revival in the church. We're talking about uh, worship, and and he just made a pretty profound statement that many have heard. But um, and it's talking about our work, or, or not our work, but our walk with Christ and and our love for Christ. And that was you'll know them by you know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their heart. You'll know what comes out of the heart. What comes out of the heart comes out of the mouth. Did oh, I say something else? Because I'm thinking of something. Their, their visibility of oh, love. Oh, that visibility? Yeah. How, says, you know, we're, we, we were talking about services, and, and now for our members, don't don't take this the wrong way. It's not our church. It's churches in general right now, and, and how we uh, show our love and how we show our desire for worship or our desire for, for being in touch or closer to God, and that is through our time of worship and through our time of... of uh, desire for revival and desire for worship and and if you walk into a church you you want to see the worship you know and, and that kind of goes back I know that it, I guess that's kind of cliche but it's really not because it goes back to you will know them by their outward signs of love for for each other and mm-hmm. for the Lord mm-hmm. so well you know we're kind of the show today we kind of want to talk about uh, what is necessary. That was kind of what um, the message was from Sunday, and we try to roll these, you know, after those and everything. And to continue that conversation that you and I were having um, is is kind of like when I was riding in this morning. You know, you 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 look out there at churches that maybe are growing or, or something's happening in their church because the statistic out there is telling you this. The next generation, and I'm not talking about millennials, and I'm, I'm talking about people. People are really not what they were in 1950, 1960, 1930. Things were happening after wars and depressions and things. Those people were searching, seeking. They had a biblical foundation. Um, there was actually um, revivals that were started and in, in through prayer and through concern and stuff like this. And, you know, you may hear Ken Freeman say this. I've heard him say it before. I've been around guys that say this before. We're one generation from being um, agnostic. We're, we're one generation away from being just not believers, not... Um, concerned about the things of God, um, ha- uh, seeking after the things of God and all that kind of stuff. I shared with you a, a statistic I just read in, in, in a, a little booklet that I just got. 41% of Louisiana, this is Louisianians. I'm not talking about California. I'm not talking about New York. I'm talking about in our region, our live. area where we live. 41% say that they are unaffiliated with any faith. And you asked me, you said, well, does that mean um, like um, undenominational or something like that? No, because 28% of Louisianians 
call themselves evangelical. That's Baptist, Methodist. It's those folks, uh, non-denominational, they'll still call themselves evangelical. And so tw- that out of all Louisiana, 28% identify with being evangelical. This is one that really blew my mind because I've done evangelism. I've done... Um, studies and things like this and looked at different things. Even in foreign countries, Catholicism is high because that's a, a something that was really a broad uh, brush of religion in so many areas was Catholicism. That was what was brought. That's what was here. So usually that's a large percentage um, of, of your demographics. And, and we're looking at Louisiana as being 27%. That's pretty low. I was shocked at that one. And then 7%, Joe, this one kind of doesn't really surprise me that much, are considered Southern Baptist. I mean, we're in Shreveport. I mean, you can't hardly get on a corner around Shreveport without a Baptist church or a, a church somewhere and everything. So, But to hear 41% are unaffiliated with any faith, that's saying this. And, and I'm I'm experiencing it because I try to engage people and talk to people. They don't mind you driving up on their on their parking lot or to their driveway, their house, knocking on their door, going up and visiting with them. And they'll look at you and go, yeah, I know. I, I know I need to be in church. But there's no – it's just like I don't have a need for it. It's right. not – what's have, the word we're trying to use this morning? There's no desire. <laughs> I whispered it to you, necessary. Uh, it's no, yeah. It's there's not, no necessity, and and that's it's not necessary. That's the thing, you know. They say, "I know." They acknowledge absolutely that they that they need that. They right. acknowledge the fact by that they acknowledge that there is a God and there is a devil and that there is a heaven and a hell because they acknowledge the fact that they need to take their kids. They acknowledge the fact that they should be attending as well as their family. But there's no desire. There's no necessity in their life. They don't feel like that they're going to get what they're looking for at a church. Man, you and threw me a, a softball with a with another group of individuals. You threw the softball. Well, hit you see, it. this is where I was going this morning, and and we were kind of leading into it. Why does like a term community church? Why are they blossoming? Why, why are they blooming? Why does it? Because people are looking for community. They're looking for authenticity. They're looking for people that are genuine. They want to see if they're putting it on their sign that they're a community church, by goodness, they better be a community church. They, right. they want to have some fellowships. They want to be communi- communal together where they're getting together and doing different things like that. Um, that better be who they are if they're putting it on their sign. But most of them, they really are. If they're putting that out there, they're they're meeting in small groups here and there. They're they're meeting during the week and doing stuff. Um, you know, they're focused on what they're doing. They're they're wanting a community of believers and stuff like that. Faith church. You hear a word like you know, like a faith church. Um, a lot of them are dropping off denominations off of them. Just because yeah. they want that younger, that 41% that aren't affiliated to anything, they want to know what you stand for. So if it's on yeah. your sign, you know, community church, they're expecting community. 
if they're saying faith based church, they're they're expecting like a strong like you're stepping out in some severe faith here and there. You you have a faith uh, ministry, something like that. Uh, you know, like some some use the word friendship or something like that. Peace. You know, yeah. Commu- you know, something communal. They, yeah, they're they looking hear that. for. And some of that is we're so hung up into this advertising of everything. Mm-hmm. Everything is advertised. Everything is out there. Look at social media. Look at uh, the internet. Look at you know the World Wide Web. Whatever you want to look at, mm-hmm. it, everything has an advertisement behind it. And in order to grab someone's attention, you have to have that. And that's what a lot of churches are playing into. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've even, I mean, we're First Baptist Blanchard. Uh, a lot of churches are just dropping the name church off of theirs, and it, it's nothing intentional. Everyone, don't panic. Uh, it's not really church they're dropping off. They're dropping off Baptist, right. Methodist. We're still First Baptist Blanchard. It's That's not anything other than it's it's easier to say Yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever you contact people or, or tell anyone. But that's what we're known as, hey, First Baptist of Blanchard. It, they, know, they should know, and this goes back to the other side of it, they should know by seeing us that we're a church. Mm-hmm. They should walk in those doors knowing the intent of this place, and the intent is to bring people to know the Lord and for us to have a community of faith and fellowship of other believers in order to address, uh, the and number one, to show our love like we're commanded to do. Number two, to address, that's how, that's how the Lord helps address the needs of the community, to address the needs of others, is to have that friendship and that bond. I mean, we we even have that in our our in my normal workplace. You know, we have groups of people, and and that's how you you address your life. It, it's not meant to live in solitude. It's not meant to live by yourself without anything. It's meant to live in a group of of like people and believers, and and in more so the like beliefs the like morals, the life ethics of, of everyone and, and the biblical morality of everyone. That's how it's meant to live, so we can support each other. You're not supposed to be alone. Yeah, that's right. If we were supposed to be alone, then he wouldn't have given us wives, and for the wives, he wouldn't have given you husbands, mm-hmm. and he wouldn't have given you the uh, ability to share your life with others. So, well, the the thing is, with a First Baptist or anything like that, that's that's a good thing. I mean, that's that's established roots of who you are right. back many many. That's usually a First Baptist is hundreds of years old. They they've been as long as the the community, the town, something like mm-hmm. that. It was established in there, and that's a good thing. It's good because there ought to be some foundations that should be here for hundreds of years. There ought to be some staples of who you are and that legacy should have been rippled on from one generation to the next generation and all that. So yeah, I, 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 you know, nothing's wrong with, with who first Baptist of uh, Zachary, uh, Pineville, Alexandria, right. first Baptist, wherever. I mean, right. that, that what they are to be known for is who they are. The first bat. I mean, that staple church in that community, and they ought to have a a look inside there, which brings us back to necessity. I mean, we if people looked at first bat, we ought to be a necessity. 
When somebody drove up and saw First Baptist, they ought to think these are a solid group of believers. They've been here for ages. The, um, they're, they, who, they, they are who they say they are. They're, they're Baptists. They're First Baptists. They're uh, out front. They're, they're leading in the community. They, they should be the first um, place the, the ballpark comes to and says, hey, we're going to do uh, a work. You know, we want you on board with us because we are should be a solid group of folks that are grounded and rooted and everything. So to get back to our necessity, though, and, and talking about revival and and looking at it, we I've used the word uh, desperation for weeks um, because that is a necessity. If we're going to have revival, there there must be a desperation either for us because this is where we've landed for many many weeks. Change me. There ought to be a desperation that we're not exactly where we want to be. We're, we're not. Um, there, there ought to be a desperation. And, and there are to be a, a sense of, of desperation inside of us, and, and we are to be uh, desperate of the situation. Desperate for revival. Desperate for revival. The yeah. situation's bleak. Wouldn't we say that? I mean, couldn't, even if, if somebody was listening today and they could nod their head and agree, I mean, wouldn't we say this is desperate times? I mean, Russia and Ukraine are in a, in a war right now, uh, things are happening. I mean, let's go back for two years now. COVID has been, you know, there. It seems bleak. People are dying. I mean, all this kind of stuff. So the times are right. There ought to be a desperation. Um, I I, I like this Psalm 42. Um, I used it a a while back. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? There ought to be a desperation. We ought to be desperate for God, we ought to be desperate, wanting to have that thirst. I don't know that many of us are out there that are that are thirsty like that. That we're that we're uh, you know yearning um, for that revival. So we have to have that first, the attitude first that we we are desperate for it, an attitude for revival, an attitude of of wanting to see it, an attitude of desperation, and then the the times. Man, the times are right for it. It's necessary right now. It's dark. Yeah. I mean, lives are falling apart. Marriages are falling apart. Suicide rate raging out of the the numbers. I mean, you're you're in the um, in that field, uh, fire department, but in the EMT, first responders, you're responding to things. You're yeah. seeing shootings. You're seeing um, murder. Uh, yeah, and what's homes tore up? You're just seeing seeing more of it. And and hearing more of it, which breeds more of it, I guess you could say. You know, if if you see nothing but desperation all the time, then it makes you question whether you're that desperate, whether you have that same desperation. So as a, it, it goes back to revival, and it goes back to what we said. If we see worship, if we are part of the worship, if we are, if we see revival and be part of the revival, then we're going to desire more of that revival. We're going to desire more of that, and it just proves the need that that if we, you know, we have that, we need that. We we know, we know that's what we need. We know that we need revival in the church, not not this church, not any the church in general. All of the churches. But it, it's part of our—we have to, I guess, start that. We have to 
have that desire and feel that it's necessary. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's that's kind of where um, we've landed for a little bit of while. You know, is it necessary for revival? Is it necessary to be desperate? And if all that is true, if our listener on here this morning sitting there going, yes, that that's true, Pastor Clay, that's true, uh, Joe, that what y'all are saying, th- those things are true, then there are then if it's necessary, then there are to be some extraordinaries coming out of we're saying change me, we're we're it's it's we're looking to me, change me, the right attitude, all that kind of stuff. Then then there needs to be an extraordinary time in prayer. Yeah. So I just ask our listener, you know, if we see the days are dark, if we're saying that the time is right for revival, then it's necessary to spend extraordinary time in prayer. And, you know, we were talking before this started, and our outward appearance and our is visible to others. Our inward oh appearance goodness. is visible to God and those others that are closest to us. I ask this to the listeners and to the church. If God were to sit on stage, which he does, in case you're curious as to where his presence is, it's in the whole church, so he sees the church. If he were to sit in there during the service and during worship time and during the the preaching, what would he say to you after the service was over? What would he say to to any of us after the service is over? Mm. Would he go, I thought you loved me, you know, I thought you loved me. I thought you cared enough that you would dedicate at least, just give me this 15 minutes of worship, just give me this 30 minutes of sermon or whatever this week, and do we give him that? You know, I, I understand it's hard sometimes, it feels hard sometimes to give him five, ten minutes of our day, but all he's asking for is that five or ten minutes. He's asking for, if you're married, he's asking for less time than what your spouse asked for. He's asking for less time than what your children ask for. He's asking for less time than what all of your employers ask for. Just a very, very small part. And we don't even give him that. So if we say we love him, yet we give him the least amount, and then we say we love him more than anything else, yet we give him the least of anything. Mm -hmm. So how do you worship as a listener? As a church attendee, I don't even care what church you go to. How do you worship, and how do others see your worship, and how do others see what you do? Because that's a big deal. I mean, what is necessary? You know, we can can come in the church, and, man, we can say, man, this is necessary. That's necessary. I need to be here. I, you know, attend this and do this and then leave out of here and— be it 101 other things. And I'm not saying that that outside activity, that everything ought to consist of uh, the church or, you know, things happening at the church. All I want us to get a start thinking about is what's necessary. Is revival necessary? Because if it's truly necessary, and I'm not I'm not even guilting this to make, get people to come to the revival. I'm just asking you to ask yourself. Is it necessary? Do I need revival? Do I want revival? Well, if I'm wanting those things and I know that they need to happen, 
you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to spend extraordinary time in prayer. I'm going to spend extraordinary time in God's Word. I'm going to spend this extraordinary time in silence and solitude, hoping and, and praying that the Lord will speak to me. And so we just really need to start narrowing it down. Here, I'm going to share something with you, Joe. Okay. I, I like to do this. I challenged our, our staff yesterday. We have staff meeting on Monday afternoons. And I looked at them and I said, tell me this. What ministries that we're doing here, and I hope this challenges you guys as a listener, if you're a member of our church and you, or if you're a member of another church that you minister to, what ministries are at 100% that are running, that, that, that we could say we put a stamp that they're great, that they're, 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 they're functioning on their own inside the group. They've taken it over. They're doing, it's, it's their ministry. It, it, it's, it's, you know one that we, we said? Lydia Sewing Group. Mm-hmm. None of us as staff have to go back there and encourage them on. We don't have to go back there and beg them to get the sewing machines out. We don't even get the sewing machines out for them. They get them out themselves. Why? Because they're passionate about it. They're they're engaged in a ministry that they want to see these folks in the nursing home have, um, a cover, you know, like a covering to have a a, a pillow, a neck pillow to have a bib and and to have pajamas and different things like this. We don't have to do anything. And they have over one. They make fifty to one hundred pieces a week. Mm-hmm. And they distribute them themselves. That's fifty to one hundred contacts of love yep. to others a week. Yeah. Um, people outside of even the church minister to them financially, give to them because they see it as a viable ministry. They pour in, they're self-sufficient, they do what they're going to do. You know, we we identified a few things, but we identified a lot of things that, that, that aren't functioning well. They're just, I mean, they're just, they're run by a shoestring. Let's just use children's ministry for one. And I'm not, I'm not here to, whine and cry and beg for volunteers if you're hearing that turn go ahead and turn the turn it off because that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is it's a ministry that's like awanas it's going and everything but you just don't have enough it's it's not running at 100 percent. and and you know you just you want to get it there but here's the good news the good news in that 50 plus new people are involved in that ministry whether it be kids and adult workers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you have 50-plus kids on a Wednesday night. You go back to the youth group on Wednesday night. It's not the same on Sunday morning, and it's not the same on Sunday night. Nope. They're, they're not even hardly here. So I would say that that's not running at 100%. They're coming on Wednesday night. That's a great thing. How are we engaging those parents? Because most of them are junior high. How are we engaging those parents that are dropping their child off and, and, and leaving the parking lot? Nobody's out there you know, saying, hey, we, we have a class for you. We have something for you here. You know, would you like to come in and, and be a part of a Bible study and, and, and grow just, you know, can we do something for you? Hey, how about this? How can we I understand you're busy tonight? You can't stay for the, the deal. Can I pray for you tonight? How can I specifically pray for you in your marriage? How can I pray for you and your youth that you just dropped off? You see, that's necessary, Joe. When we start making things necessary, you're going to see them flourish. You're going to see good things happening. And so it's it's good to, man, look at these things and see what's what's necessary 
what's extraordinary. And it's all just to challenge us. Why are we wanting to challenge? For change. We're saying we want change. We're, we're asking for change. All I'm trying to do is get you thinking. I'm not here to condemn anybody. I'm not here to beat anybody over the head. I just want us to think. And see, when we get to start thinking, then the Holy Spirit will start speaking to our mind and start speaking to our heart if we spend that time with Him in prayer. We spend that time in His Word, and we seek Him, and we seek Him with all our heart. I was looking at an old book that, that I've been praying about using um, on Wednesday night, and, I'm, and I am actually going to use it this Wednesday night. First John um, 2 John 2.6 says this, Whoever claims to live in Him must walk as Jesus did. That's pretty profound. Yeah. We in in and the question was asked to me in the study was what words did you choose? And I chose three words. Live, must, walk. First century followers, believers, they walked one way. The gospel, the law, everything was all still there. Is it any different in the 21st century? Just not. It's those three words. Live, must, walk. We, we need to, our everyday life, are, we are to walk like Jesus walked. We are to talk like Jesus talked. We are to follow. He did that. He, he left heaven, put veiled himself in flesh that man could not look at him and to say, that is God Almighty. That's veiled flesh. He's veiled. Mm-hmm. But now we have the unveiled in the New Testament. We see that was Jesus, who he was. We know that. He's Messiah. He's come. He's lived. And now all we need to start doing is live like he lived. He just had conversations with people at the well. He had conversations that people, hey, somebody just touched me, and he could feel that something. He had conversations. He didn't give Roman road. He was Roman road. He just spoke it. And so I just want our people, not just our people, I want people that listen to this to realize He is necessary. It is necessary. The times are necessary. We just need to seek Him and seek Him with all our heart. Yeah, Man, it's been good to chat, good. man. I, I, I love these podcasts. Uh, it's kind of when we first talk about them on Tuesday morning or whenever you look at me and go, hey, you ready to do a podcast? I'm like, man, I don't have time to do this podcast, but I really do because I want our people to fall in love with Jesus. Yeah, I want the listener to fall in love with Jesus. I don't want them just to be a fan. I want them to be a follower Yeah, and uh, dig in. And I, I hope this challenged somebody today. I hope it encouraged somebody today. Um, feel free, like you, you've, you've said over and over, send me an email. Phone number, 929-2346. Ask McKenzie, put you through. I'll talk to anybody that wants to talk. I'll share, uh, discuss, whatever you want to talk about. I'll make time for you. Come visit you in your home, whatever you want to do. Email me. Um, What's my email address? Clay? Pastor. Pastor. Pastor, Pastor at, at FBC Blanchard. Blanchard. I don't even know what my own email is because I'm not thinking about it. Yeah. Or, or Pastor SEC, Pastor... Secretary, yeah, Secretary get, get a hold to me. I'd love SEC to talk to you. First Baptist. Yeah. Yeah. Any any of those ways to catch us, you know, and um, we need that change. We got to have a desire for it. I meant to call this lady out, and I hope she listens to this. Um, I, I was having lunch at 
with a friend of mine at a restaurant last week, and um, the young lady came up, and we just asked her, do you go to church? And she said, I, I work all the time. And I said, um, can you watch a podcast um, or listen to a podcast? Can you listen to a live feed or something like that? Her name's Destiny. I remember her by name. I wrote Destiny a little note. I gave her some information and everything. Destiny said she was going to listen this last Sunday, and I hope she did, and I hope maybe she's listening to this today. Destiny, we're still praying for you. We're going to pray for you. Um, there's many out there in the community. We get their name and stuff. But these these are why these podcasts are here. This is why we do this kind of stuff. Engage with us. We love to engage with you. I'm going to pray us out because I know it's time to go. Yep. Any last words? Nope. Father God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. Thank you for this time, this technology you've given man to where we can engage with different people. We can engage with our church members. We can engage with lost people. Um, by whatever means, we just love you and praise you, and we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the First Baptist Church Blanchard podcast today. Uh, please follow us, like us, so you can be notified when the new episodes come out. If you have any comments or suggestions, leave those below. Also, if there's any way we could pray for you, please contact us. Let us know, 318-929-2346. Or also, you can catch us at www.fbcblanchard.com. Go to the contact page. You'll find all the info you need. Thank you again. We're praying for you. You have a blessed day.